Hello everyone, my name is Gabby Bernal. I'm the owner and creator of The Year of Hours. To start, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for being here, for tuning in, for listening to the podcast, for supporting me. I seriously don't know how I got so lucky to have the support system I have today. If it weren't for all of you, this wouldn't have been a possibility. I look at the response that we've received this far and it leaves me in absolute shock. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Without further ado, welcome to the year of ours. started probably about two years ago. I honestly did it for shits and giggles. I did it as a class project. It was originally a blog and it would share the stories of women who went down that non-traditional route and got to be where they were at in that period. So what it meant was that they didn't, you know, graduate college, then get married, then have kids. A lot of them either didn't have the resources to go to school or a lot of them just didn't want to or they started a family and didn't get the opportunity until a later point in their life. I did it in honor of my mom who is my biggest supporter and my favorite mentor. She is just the most incredible woman, and if it weren't for her, I would not be the way that I am today. Essentially, I wanted this podcast to be a resource for these women to cheer each other on, to become a resource within themselves. That second time, I took it back to the professor and presented it, who later told me, Gabby, you need to run with this. Not walk, run. Being the person I am, I completely neglected what she said, and I didn't. It wasn't until October when I kind of just threw my hands in the air and said, what the hell? Life is way too short to not do things that scare the living shit out of you. So I dug it from the deepest parts of my computer, and I redesigned it. That's really the main points on how this podcast came to be. There's a lot more substance to the story, but that'll be unwrapped as we go through the episodes. I feel the story itself is just so long that we could not cover it in a single episode. I turned in the direction of podcasting because podcasting, the industry itself, is so unsaturated and it is continually growing. I felt that for the benefit of my brand and my business, we would grow the most in podcasting. As well as, I'm just such a social butterfly. I love, love, love to talk. So, It's just putting me in a place where I can do what I love. Another big reason why this podcast 
became a podcast was because at the beginning of quarantine, I was so bored. I mean, everyone was. Everyone was just so thrown off their element. I turned to podcasting to learn a little bit more than I would in the classroom. I learned a lot about real estate, about honestly just a lot a lot about everything. Even I turned a lot on how to cope with being thrown off your element. Before quarantine, I was living up at the University of Utah in the dorms. So moving back home, not that it wasn't amazing to be back home with my family. It just, it was something that I wasn't used to for so long. So podcasting was really something that I turned to and that I felt everyone kind of did during that time. It is a growing industry. So why not put my business in one of the biggest growing industries? As I mentioned earlier, the Year of Hours originally started for an all-female audience. Then the third time around, I wanted to make a bigger impact. I wanted anyone who wanted to hear my story to be able to hear it. The original plan for the Year of Hours was for women to network. However, now I want to go in a different direction and I want to be able to share the stories of people pursuing different industries. A lot of you who don't know me, I'm a very business-minded person. I'm looking for ways to monetize things, for ways to present the industry because the way that I see it is that everything in this life is a business. They're in it to make money. That's very selfish to say, however, it's just the reality of how it is. So I created the Year of Hours in this podcast in order for people to share how their approach is on how to tackle business. So the exciting thing about this podcast is that no two people are the same. At the end of the day, everyone has a different approach on how to go about their business, their brand, whatever it is that they might be doing. So because of that, I wanted to create a platform that people who wish to pursue whatever industry can listen to the podcast and get ideas, get information, learn new ways on how to approach anything and everything. The reason that I felt that podcasting would be the way that my message would be taken the best was because of quarantine. I'm sure we all remember the beginning of quarantine. We were doing the same three TikTok dances, making our whipped coffee, and just we were bored out of our minds. I know that a lot of people turned to different things. They picked up new hobbies. They started businesses. They went out of their comfort zones. They started new jobs. Everyone was picking up those things that they had said that they would do but couldn't do because they never had the so-called time. Much like everyone else, I picked up listening to podcasts and absorbing information because podcasting and listening to podcasts is a way to almost be in a classroom without actually being in a classroom. I learned so much through listening to podcasts. I, I, I honestly, I think I listened to it all. I listened to podcasts about real estate, about 
how to maintain that mental health because I remember at the beginning of it, I felt that I was thrown into another dimension. I was totally not in my element and my mental health was going downhill quick. So because of that, I think that podcasting is just such a great outlet and a platform for anyone who wants to, to hop on, listen, observe, and just take whatever they want and run with it. The way I plan on formatting the year of ours is every Monday we're going to release the guest and we're going to tell you a little bit about their brand, what they do, what their brand does, what their business does, and then on Friday we'll go ahead and release that podcast. For me, it's been incredible to watch how people bounce back. Unfortunately, because of COVID, a lot of us were thrown curveballs that none of us could have seen coming. And these curveballs are going to be uploaded for everyone to listen to. None of us know what happens behind closed doors, but it almost seems that during these times, those closed door triumphs are what has kept us going. And it's been incredible, honestly, to see people pursue and have the courage to neglect all the risks at hand and keep going. I've talked a lot about this podcast and my vision for it, but I haven't talked about me and who I am and what makes me able to share the message that I'm going to share with you. I would classify myself as a lot of things. I am a student, a caregiver, a sister, but above all, I am a daughter to two of the most incredible people on this planet. Both of my parents immigrated from Bucaramanga, Colombia, which is about eight hours from the capital, Bogota. They came here at different times. My dad came here when he was about 17 and my mom came to the United States when she was about 16 and then moved back to Colombia and then came back when she was in her early 20s. I owe a lot of my life success to both of my parents who continually push me. I am the first daughter and the first child so I was really a guinea pig child but Everything that I did in my life, they blindly supported. Sometimes I look back at things I did and I go, what the hell was I thinking? And why the hell did my parents not put their feet down and say, okay, maybe let's not do that. A great great example is I was a dancer for about 12 years and then I became a lacrosse player. In those 12 years, I look at videos and I go, oh my God, I had two left feet. But both of my parents were so supportive (laughs) and I just, I love them so much. And they, they put a good head on my shoulders and they are honestly the biggest reason why I continually look for ways to improve myself and in to improve my future. To kind of give you an idea of just how supportive they were, when I graduated from high school, graduation wasn't until about 11 o'clock in the morning. My dad gets up at the ass crack of dawn and goes for his morning bike ride, but my mom had given him a little conversation before and goes, you need to listen to me. 
you are not going anywhere in the morning. You are getting the boys ready, meeting me at UVU, which is Utah Valley University, the university where our high school graduation was being held at. In the meantime, I will drive down 30 minutes earlier and go put caution tape where I want us all to sit. So I was thinking maybe she'd show up around nine. No, she showed up around 5.30, six o'clock in the morning and caution taped of this entire, it wasn't just like a row or two, it was an entire section for my family to come support. And I think that that's just a great description of the type of people that they are. To conclude the story, my mom did end up getting in an argument with another family, but both my dad and my siblings uh, backed her up, so thankfully that ended well. They have always been the type of people to keep their birdies in their nest. I remember so vividly, almost like it was yesterday, when I decided to do what every Latina daughter should not do and move out. It was just over a year and a half ago. Yeah, a year and a half ago when I sat both my parents down and I said, my mom Papa, I I want to leave. I want to move out. It caught them both by surprise. <laughs> my dad, of course, stayed quiet because happy wife, happy life. But my mom turned to me and I swear to God, she pierced my soul. I still remember it vividly and goes, Gabriela, you are not going anywhere. You are staying here. And if that's what you decide to do, fine. But you leave everything and you start from scratch. You know, time went by and she was a little upset at me as was my dad and he'd make little comments about if I move out, I can't have my meals cooked for me or just little, little snarky comments. But when I moved out, I think that they were both just so happy to see me pursuing the life I had always wanted. I, outside of my family, I am a student at the University of Utah here in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm studying health, society, and policy, which will give me the freedom to go down the administrative route in healthcare or the policymaking route. As of right now, it's, given the times, it's a little hard to decide, and, you know, I'm still so young in my career. However, that major will give me the freedom to pick either side. On top of my major, I have a management minor, because I'm the type of person that can see herself doing just about a bajillion and one things. So, if I decide one day that healthcare was really not for me, I can lean on that management minor and focus on that. I started my career... A little later than the average person, both my parents, like I said, from Colombia, and in Colombia you don't work until you have your trade. I'm thankful that my parents did give me that opportunity to choose, however, here in the United States, they're looking for well-rounded students. So I got my first job as a junior ski instructor at Snowbird here in Salt Lake City, Utah. If you're not from Utah, it's a really popular ski resort and I would ski my weekends away. It was, uh, let's say, a, a less rewarding job, but it did give me a free ski pass, so I lived on that mountain. After about skiing every single day away for about three months, I, I had a pivotal point in my life. My manager, at the ski resort 
had connected me with someone who would later give me an internship at the orthopedic center for the University of Utah. And so this was about my junior year in high school when I did this internship. I always wanted to be a healthcare provider. And by a provider, I wanted to be a surgeon. Uh, from probably when I was about 13 up until recently, I wanted to be a surgeon. So I went down that route and was trying to be around it as much as possible so that I would know more and set myself apart from the average Joe. So when I quit Snowbird, I got a job as a barista working at Starbucks, which was brutal being a barista here in Draper, Utah. Again, if you are not from Utah and don't aren't familiarized with Draper, Utah, it's a small city just about 30 minutes south from Salt Lake City where everyone knows everyone. And I mean, everyone knows everyone. It, and everyone just knows about everything. Everyone's just in everyone's business, honestly. And they all attend the local gym called the Treehouse Athletic Club. So I worked at the singular Starbucks in Draper, Utah. It was just brutal. And if you know Draper, you know exactly what I'm talking about and why it was so brutal. So I worked there for about nine months. Then I advanced my career again and went to hostessing at our country club here. And it's half in Sandy, half in Draper. Again, Sandy is just the neighboring city for Draper. And I did that uh, for four months. Then I quit my job when I went to the University of Utah and lived up in Salt Lake City. I worked on campus as a diversity ambassador for the Office of Student Inclusion, which also just happens to be the office that helped me get into college. Uh, as a second job, I worked as a golf ambassador for the Golf Strategic Leadership Center. One thing about the University of Utah is if you work on campus, you're not an employee, you're an ambassador. So it always made you feel a little bit more bougie. Um, and then COVID hit, times changed and I had to think on my feet. So I went back to the country club and I worked there as a hostess for about four weeks. Then an opportunity as a membership coordinator opened up. The story itself is pretty complicated and I won't dive deep into it today, but basically I felt unappreciated at the company. So I made the executive decision and left. Then I got the job that I have now working at a clinic. Basically, I got my first big girl job this year working a nine to five, and I quickly learned that the nine to five lifestyle is not for me long-term. I do enjoy it just in terms of where I see myself going with my career, I don't see myself working that regular nine to five. It prevents so many opportunities, specifically for travel. I think that travel is essential to expand your knowledge on culture and on people. Being from a different background, both of my parents being from Colombia, I was raised a little differently than the rest of my friends. So not to say that I'm not thankful for Utah and the person that it's made me today, but if the opportunity presented itself for me to leave Utah, I most definitely would not turn it down. Utah could be described as a very closed bubble. There's not much diversity and it's just, it's just such a different environment compared to a lot of our neighboring states. As I mentioned earlier, I was raised here in Draper, Utah. 
my parents, and one thing that I will be eternally grateful for, they always worked extra hard to make sure that our life was very abundant. They always kept us in sports, anything that we wanted, sports, um, extracurriculars, anything we really wanted, they worked really hard to make sure that that was accessible for us. Not because they were trying to raise bratty kids, but because, again, going back to that whole networking thing, it allowed us opportunity. So both my parents worked really hard to keep us in Draper, Utah, which is a very affluent city in Utah. Not to say that money is everything, but where, there's, where there is money, there usually is education. And where there's education, networking and opportunities follow not too shortly after. So both my parents kept us in a very abundant city where everyone knew someone. And I'd say that a lot of where I am today is because of the people that our parents have connected us with. I mentioned earlier that the year of ours was meant to be for networking. A big reason for networking is because networking is everything. And I didn't always used to think that networking meant access to closed doors. My mom had filled my head with that. She said, you have to network. You have to always keep in contact with the people you meet because you never know when your paths are going to cross again. I always, as any kid does, it went in through one ear out the other until college when I really, when professors, educated Oxford professors were saying the exact sentence that my mom had said my entire life. So I have placed a great significance in networking since that lesson was learned a little late in life. To finish everything off, I just need to say my final thank you. At first, when I had started telling my friends about it, they became such a big and vital role in this whole process. My parents from the get-go were just so supportive, but I was always scared to tell my friends because you never know how people are gonna react, but the support that I've received in the past couple days has been incredible, and I just could not be more honored to have the people I have in my life. So thank you again, and we will see you all next week. If you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe and follow us on Instagram at the Year of Ours Podcast for weekly updates.